Welcome to this edition of Probation Matters. Probation in Northern Ireland supervise over 4,000 people on a range of community sentences and licences imposed by the courts. A less well-known area of our role is our work with victims of crime. Victims have told us that timely and accurate information and communication are key to meeting their needs. Therefore, there are three information schemes in place to assist victims of crime. These three schemes are managed by Probation's Victim Information Unit. And today on Probation Manners, I'm joined by Siobhan McElnay, Probation Officer and Victim Liaison Officer, who's going to tell us a little bit about her role. And I'm also joined by one of the people that use the Victim Information Scheme, Beth. And we're going to hear a little bit of her story. So first of all, welcome, Siobhan. Thank you. Can you just tell me a little bit about the Victims Information Scheme and the unit and how it operates? Sure. Basically, we are an information scheme, but we do so much more than that. The information that we share is around the sentence. And a lot of questions victims have would be around the actual supervision process, what's involved in that. And our role is really to provide some reassurance that the people that are being supervised by us do have to do work. And it's not just a matter of turning up and having an appointment and then that's it programs and there, you know, there's different additional requirements that would be added on to community sentences, but also unlicensed conditions. Thinking in relation to who can register with us, it's anybody who is a six month sentence or above, or anybody that has a community sentence. So if we're thinking about prison sentences, most people then would come out on licensed conditions. And at that stage, we would then notify the, the victim of the date, the month that they're being released. But also on the day of release, we would contact them and let them know what the conditions of the licenses are. We hope if victims do engage with us and register with us, because they do have to register, they would have an input before those license conditions are put in place. We would go out and meet with victims and do what's known as either written representations where they do it themselves and highlight concerns that they have as you know, what will make them feel a bit safer upon release of the service user offender. And that mostly is around exclusion areas. It's about no contact. It's about hoping that maybe they're engaging with drug and alcohol programs or other programs that are relevant to the, the issues that that person has faced. So we would then lodge those written representations with either the licensing board or else we do a report with victims for the pro-abort or they can do both. They can do that either themselves um, or we do the report on their behalf. The report's then lodged with the Pro Board, Pro Commissioners for Northern Ireland. And again, it highlights the areas that a victim may wish to be considered by the Pro Board that would make them feel that bit safer. And I know it's part of the process that Beth has been involved in. I would have met with Beth five, six years ago, maybe. And that was the start of my introduction to Beth, was when the Pro Board review was coming up. And I went out and we discussed a report. Beth will talk about that okay. herself, I'm sure. Thanks, Siobhan. And Siobhan, I suppose sometimes people's perception of probation is that we'll work with the service user, the person that's offended. Why is this piece of work, and you, you've been in the unit for a number of years now, why is it so important and so crucial in terms of the overall work that probation does? So if you're thinking about the criminal justice agencies as a whole, the victims become a victim and then the processes all take over. So they're nearly on this treadmill of just depending on place, depending on courts, depending on whoever it is and what stage that particular case is at for information. So when it comes to the sentencing, they're exhausted because that can take a very long period of time. We make the contact at the time of sentencing and that's when we would ask if they wish to register with us. It gives back some control to the victim. 
it gives well I feel it does it gives back some control and just that information gives a wee bit of power back to them as well because then they feel part of the process whereas before they're you're nearly on the periphery of the process itself we're hoping that changes and the criminal justice agencies have been endeavouring to make changes but we're still a long way off from victims saying they really feel part of that process and that they're in control of it. And we also are co-located with prison service as part of this. That we was are. one of the recommendations from a criminal justice inspector. And how important and critical is that partnership work and that joined up work? As you've just said, it is critical. So for my colleague who works in the prisoner release victim information scheme, it crosses over then to the community side when somebody's got their license or whatever the sentence is. And that open communication between us as colleagues just enables us to be able to share with the victim that vital information and to keep that process going, I guess, where the victim is informed at each stage. So our, our relationship with the prison service is vital. Our relationship with the DOJ is vital because the other scheme we have then is the mentally disordered offender scheme. So the DOJ, they actually um, deliver that scheme, but we run it. So we facilitate the conversations with the victims who can register in behalf of that scheme. And that mostly relates to the likes of hospital orders or transfer directive orders, where the mental health is the main issue within that. Thank you, Siobhan. Beth, I was just going to ask you a little bit about how you came to be involved with probation and the victim information scheme. I came involved and my husband was murdered and it was actually the day after the sentencing. I was approached and asked would I like to get involved and at that time wasn't really thinking and then a couple of days later, yeah, I did, I signed up for it and from then I took it on and signed up, I said I would sign up for it. I thought maybe just at the beginning it was that my trial lasted eight weeks, it was very stressful and I wasn't thinking straight but now when I look back now. Yeah, it was the best thing I'd done. And your husband was murdered 2001? Yeah. Which is over 20 years ago. And you're still in contact with the justice agencies, yeah. still in contact with probation. That's a long road, isn't it? Yeah. They got a very high sentence and I've been in contact from the very beginning. It has been on. There's one out and the rest are still in. So, you know, what they're doing, what's happening, when they're going to get parole, when they're on days release, you get to know. And when they're coming up, if you want to get involved, it's your phone, we get in touch with you. And I did do my, I wrote my piece for it, and they say they're now parole. So Beth, could you just maybe talk a little bit about why it's been important for Siobhan to have that contact with you over the 20 years, why it's been important and how it's helped you? It's been really important to me and it has helped me in a lot of ways. When anything happens or there's I get a letter to say something's happening, all I have to do is lift the phone. So phone's always there at the end of the phone to explain everything of what's happening. And I, I would say sometimes I think one time I'm going to near every day one day or a week to find out exactly what was happening. But very and very helpful because a lot of people just don't understand once the trial's over, that's it. Nobody wants to know. Everybody just goes back on with their life and you're the one left and you've stuff to deal with. And Siobhan has always been there for me. 
And in terms of some of the work that you've done with probation, you were part of a, an initiative recently, the Storytelling Project. Yes, the Storytelling, yeah. Do you want to tell us a wee bit about that and how that helped? Um, oh, that was fantastic. Siobhan had phoned me up and asked me about it and I hemmed and hawed a bit. And Ian says, yes, I would do it. And it was the best thing ever. And I met people that were in the same situation and really, really good and really helped me a lot. Very good for people to do, would encourage it. And you just wrote your story down and told it to people, is that I what did, you did yeah. as part of that? I wrote my story, yeah. And then they um, published it and we had a wee opening day for it. It was really fantastic. And was that empowering for you? Did that? Did you feel like you were getting a bit more control back by being able to talk about what's happened and by having your voice heard by people? Uh, I think it was really, um, it would have been honestly saying, the first time I really spoke about it was able to sit down and write it and say, I've never said some of this stuff before to anybody. Because it was like, I just forgot about it. And that helps you to move on a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it does help you move and, on. And, realize there's people coming now, even now, in the same situation as me. And if somebody was in that awful situation that you find yourself in, what would you say to them? Is there anything that, that you could say to them that would help in terms of being able to use the criminal justice agencies that are there, the help that's there? What helped you and what might help them? I would say the first thing to do is, I know after the trial, it's a bit, things upside down, Go to probation and everything they offer, yeah, because it really helps in the long term with those. Um, maybe not at the time they're thinking because it's a lot old, but really, yeah, I wouldn't know what the, I would put it through. I wouldn't survive without them because I wouldn't know. I had a lot of stuff in my case of some of them had got out and went in the run for a couple of days and they know where I am and only four probation, I'd have been really struggling. And Siobhan, maybe just to ask you a bit, we've invested a lot over the last number of years around a trauma-informed approach within the organisation about being really mindful of that and I suppose nor is that more important mm -hmm. than the work with victims. How has that manifested for you and the staff? Well, the first thing I would say is I've always been amazed by human resilience and the capacity for human resilience. So. These really traumatic situations are brought upon families and, and individuals. They have to get on with it. And they get on with it in different ways. I mean, I've seen very much a lot of the trauma linked to intergenerational trauma, and um, where you see you know, young tots coming up behind and, and that person being talked about and the place being set at the dinner table for that person. And you see that trauma being linked in with the young people coming up behind. But the, the capacity for human resilience absolutely blows me away on a daily basis. But the services are not there. The services need to improve. The likes of the story Jam project that Ben was talking about has been invaluable and I'm delighted that we were able to do it because it just gives that space to explore thoughts and feelings and I communion sort of way because of the others, by it's all different um, backgrounds and situations, there's commonalities came out and the support was there. So that, that support for each other, I think, was invaluable in the likes of the Storytelling Project. We don't often have those services for the victims. And there is that thought that there's a lot there for the service user offender side, because we have to put the services in to address the offending dynamics and factors, but victims can't be left in the, in the background. So any 
resources like that, I think, are invaluable. But yes, trauma, it's like a snapshot has been taken of the day and the hour that they've been informed of what's happened. And you know, people have described the color of the sky, what they were eating at that time, where they were. Just that snapshot, it's like a photograph was taken. So trauma is something that is very much within people's hearts and mental health, but services, unfortunately, are struggling to meet the needs and the demands of it. From our side, I mean, we hear some horrific situations and probation, I have to say, do provide the support to us to reduce any likelihood of that vicarious trauma that would be talked about. And so we also have to deal with, with what we hear, but we have a very supportive team. And Beth, the murder of your husband is something you'll have to live with for the rest of your life. It's impacted upon you and your family. And I suppose moving forward, is there anything that you want from the wider justice system or probation? Is there anything more that you think that, that we could be doing that would assist you and people like you as you move forward? Well, Siobhan's right. There isn't a lot, you know, the victims, they do suffer a bit. You know, when it all happens, they suffer and there needs to be more work. Some people just shut the door and turn away and it's the lack of probation that knows what's happened and what's going on and what were people. The lack of when I joined up, I think maybe when the people are sentenced and then maybe a couple of weeks down the line, then get in touch with them because then they'll be maybe we bit settled to realise, you know, yeah, I think I need this now. It gives you the security. I, I feel safe now that I know I only have to lift the phone say so for what's happening where well, you can be reassured and it's, I can honestly say 100% I don't know why it would have been without them, without permission. Thank you Beth and thank you Siobhan for talking to us about the role of the Victims Information Unit. To find out more about probation you can visit our website at pbni.org.uk or on our social media platforms Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much. <laughs>